Searching for a research partner to handle the details of your next qualitative project? When we say fieldwork can handle it all, we mean it. From world-class facilities to low-incidence recruitment, their team of experts handles the details so you can stay focused on the research. Say goodbye to traditional focus group rooms and recruitment tactics. As market research has grown from the standard focus group to incorporate other innovative methodologies and technologies, fieldwork has expanded along with it. With facilities nationwide and sophisticated global recruitment services, their detail-oriented staff partners with you to achieve great insights. Focus on the research. Fieldwork will do the rest. Welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. I'm Priscilla McKinney, your host as always. And with me today is one of my besties from out in the market research world. And you'll see why she's a bestie because it's not just market research person. She's a, wait for it, marketing person in market research. So it's great to have you on the show. Welcome, Stephanie Cousins. Thank you so much, Priscilla. Stephanie is Vice President of Marketing and Communications at Fluent Research, and she is focusing on the company's corporate communications. She also has content marketing, design initiatives, storytelling, and all kinds of video under her. And you're going to learn a little bit through our questions about why does she have all of these things under her? Let me hear about this experience, but we're going to dive into that. Stephanie, you and I met at Quarks, and we decided that we would just become friends. I know. It was so cool. I was so excited to meet you at Quirks in person. I had followed you on LinkedIn for months. And and then I saw you and I thought, <laughs> I think I need to go talk to Priscilla and introduce myself and make sure we connect. I was See? so glad I did. I know that is the magic of it all. I don't connect with people online so that I don't talk to them at the events. So (laughs) the whole point is to go out and talk with everybody. So we had so much fun and we hit it off. It was cool that you knew something about me, but I have to say it was really cool to turn that really quickly and get to know something else about you. So we want to really get at a topic that I don't have a lot of people to call on for. I definitely have had David Paul on this podcast about this idea of storytelling a little bit, but you bring storytelling and marketing and market research. It's like this convergence, right? And so I think this conversation is really about where marketing and market research begin to form a story. So let's start there. And through this process, people are going to learn a little bit more about your bio that I left out because I thought it would come naturally with my very first question that I have for you. And that is why I asked you to be on the show. Tell me about your roots in storytelling and how they started way before you were in marketing. And I just want people to kind of see the journey that you had. And I've got a couple of really amazing, amazing highlights from your career. So if you don't mention them, I did my research and I'm going to mention them. So tell everybody about how you came to to this current position. Well, it's a long circuitous path. I started off as really wanting to be a doctor and quickly realized in college I didn't and I wanted to be a writer and focused on writing as writing as much as I could for the newspaper, for magazines. And then when I graduated, I wanted to work in documentary storytelling. And I found myself working at the Discovery Channel right after college and really grew up there. Spent several years there with incredible people. And then after I was there for a while, I decided I wanted to to move to New York. I was living in and working in the DC area and I wanted to move to New York and work in news. And I ended up working at 2020, the news magazine show at ABC News and had the incredible 
experience of working with some of the best journalists in the world. And I was a producer for Barbara Walters, as well as other amazing on-air correspondents. And from there, I worked at a startup and then uh, went and worked with Bill Moyers. I was a producer at Now with Bill Moyers. I was also a producer on a really fascinating documentary about, it was called Dying to Leave, and it was about human trafficking and smuggling all around the world. I made documentaries about needle exchange programs for IV drug users. I was a NPR producer in North Carolina. I've really had a, a wide range of experiences in different media. And then I decided to get a master's in public health and really focus on marketing and communications in the health sector, sort of bringing back my interest in medicine. And I worked for a nonprofit that was focused on public health and ultimately found myself working for Fluent Research, which has a, a real interest in health and well-being, but also kids and kids content. And I feel like there's a cross-section of, of industry verticals where I have a deep interest at Fluent. And I think where Nellie Gregorian, our amazing founder and president, really felt like I could leverage my experience and, and help her company. Oh, I just love that. And you just hear like that. I can tell from that journalism background that you really know how to dig deep and tell an impactful story. And I see this in every conversation we have, but you just gave me a new tidbit. I did not know that you worked on that about human trafficking. Next time we're having a, a little meetup, we're going to sit and talk about that. I want to hear more about that. But if I really drew a Venn diagram about marketing and storytelling, we know that there's a big cross section there, right? But a lot of brands just struggle, struggle, struggle to tell their story. Why do you think that is? And to you, like, what is the difference between marketing and storytelling? Like, give me the compare and contrast. What's the same? What's different? So marketing is really like promoting or selling your business. It's super quick, right? It's sort of transactional, whereas storytelling takes longer. It's honest. It's asking people to take a minute and connect. And it's a method of engaging an audience. And I think that there are some companies who do a remarkable job of marketing with storytelling. When I think about like, like Dove, Dove does an amazing job of really connecting through stories. But at the same time, they're marketing, like they're marketing without even saying that they're marketing. And they're showing that they care about different aspects of their audience. And through that, they're constantly saying that they're sponsoring this, that, or the other, but they're saying they care about girls. They care about self-respect and self-esteem. They care about various things about women and they're doing it through storytelling. And I, I think that some brands might not feel like they have the time or the vulnerability, like they want to show that vulnerable side. There's a transparency to storytelling. Mm -hmm. that some brands might not want to dig into. And I love that about the ability to use storytelling for marketing purposes. It does take long, but social media has really given us an opportunity to dig a little deeper into stories. I do think that might be how you and I connected because it was almost like a fun and funny connection. Like when you walked up to me, I'm very vulnerable on my social media feed. I think appropriately so. 
You have to show people some of what you don't know along with your expertise. And it has to be like what you said, honest. (laughs) You know, you can't put that persona on. But I think that's where you and I both connected is that there are components of good storytelling when you have some ups and downs. And to your point, that vulnerability being a critical key component. But I love what you said there, that a lot of brands are afraid of that. Obviously, people are afraid of that. And therefore, people are made up of nothing but, you know, brands are made up of nothing but people. But you, I know at Fluent Research, really helped the team come back and not only do storytelling for Fluent Research yourself, but also how to translate what you're seeing in the data and how to help the brands, the market research team works with how they can actually socialize the learnings and and kind of take it. So what's your role in that? Like, do you find yourself kind of pushing your team to add vulnerability to the stories they're telling back to your clients? How does that all work together? Before we get too far, let's talk about this show's sponsor. Are you looking for more joy in your life? Do you want to improve your well-being, increase your sense of belonging, create more impact, or simply have more fun? If you said yes to any of those questions, then check out the Year of Joy online community. It really could be for you. It's a place where you can find inspiring stories and practical advice from experts to empower you to build a more joyful life. It's a place where you can connect and share with like-minded people who are also looking to lead a more joy-filled life. Sound awesome? It's actually totally free. It's being funded by generous companies who understand the importance of giving people the gift of joy, something that is just so needed in today's world. So if you're ready in 2023 to make it a year of joy for you and your loved ones, if you're ready to find your tribe that helps you live your purpose, if you're ready for more fun, sign up for the year of joy at theartandscienceofjoy.com slash year hyphen of hyphen joy. The doors open to more joy on the 17th of January. So sign up now and be ready to receive that gift of joy. Learn more about the year of joy at theartandscienceofjoy.com slash year hyphen of hyphen joy. Or follow the Art and Science of Joy on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Whatever you do, choose joy today. It's really interesting. So we provide our clients with the research. What we're also doing is where we tell the story of the research. And so for one client, we made a like an interactive playbook that enabled them to understand the story of a certain audience. And we didn't do it in a super researchy way. We did it in a real conversational way with video and images. The research was there in another part of the deliverable, but we were able to tell them a story that was much more relatable with stories of their audience, their audience members. We do this in long form documentary as well. So we'll do a research project and then we'll go out in the field. We'll shoot hours and hours of video and then create a five to 10 minute video that illustrates out in the field, the way that the takeaways that we want our clients to have from the research. Because not everybody wants to read the 200 page report, (laughs) but they might watch a five minute video. 
Right, right. But it seems so in alignment with all of the rest of your work. And I think about Sesame Workshop or Fred Rogers Productions or Time for Kids or Girl Scouts or all these other really big brands that you are working with at Fluent Research. It seems like there's an interconnectedness there that these are people who really do want to hear the stories of the people they serve because that's the precise mechanism by which they serve them better. So it's like, it's almost like you guys have carved out such an interesting niche in research that just is in total alignment with that ability then to say to your client, we need to, we need to understand where your consumer is vulnerable and understand their story. And then we're going to convey that back to you. And we also have to be that honest back to you. Maybe you don't, I'm sure you presented research that you kind of like, Oh, this is going to be hard to hear. I think all market research have been there, but it does really have that sense of personal satisfaction. Like I look at a lot of the work you guys have done and I would say, man, I would feel good about myself if I had been on that particular research. Is that kind of your feeling with the alignment with the being kids and education? Absolutely. The work that we do at Fluent is so fulfilling. I'm so fascinated by the different projects that come in that we work on for our clients and deliver incredible documentary videos, but also just the research that we produce. Gosh, just, yeah, super awesome. And I got to tell you guys, got to go look at it, fluentresearch.com. Take a look at some of the stuff they do. You'll really enjoy reading through some of the case studies and just even some of the, the blogs are just fantastic. So let's talk about that and flip a little bit as we end this idea of marketing, because this is where you and I are marketing sisters in this market research world. And there's two pieces I want to kind of end on. The first is you have worked with a lot of different teams. Is there something on your mind right now about how you would go about and maybe some advice you would give about some strategies in terms of building a marketing team, making sure you do get people on the team that do understand this nuance of storytelling and how it does take time. So what have been some of your key strategies to be successful in marketing? So I think it's really important to surround yourself with great people and people who know how to do things that you might not. So I don't know how to do everything there is in marketing, but I certainly know people who can help me do it. I think one of those key people or groups is designers. I have been so lucky to work with fantastic designers. I think that's a really important element to a marketing team. I think another great thing to remember is that if you don't know how to do something, hire someone or take a class. I'm taking your class about social selling, LinkedIn, and it's fantastic. And not that I didn't know how to use LinkedIn, but I've taken a dive much deeper. And I think that taking a class, it's never too late to learn. and Taking a class in something that you want to know more about, um, obviously, is really key. And I also think just building up the people that you work with. I think that's really important. We have such great people at Fluent Research. And I'm just always super impressed with the work that we do, with the work that they do. I tell them, I think it's really important to tell the people that you work with how well they're doing. Oh my gosh, I love that. And to the end of like, uh, we connected just at a market research conference and started talking and then you started taking my course. I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to hear more from this gal. This is like, people need to know who she is in this industry because it is such a beautiful art of storytelling and really not just putting more garbage out on the internet or to companies or really thinking about the craft of marketing and really holding space for that to really be beautiful. And I, I really respect that about you. But I'm going to give you one last chance here to give some, maybe a tactical advice, like for people staring down the barrel of, oh my gosh, 
2023. I've got to come up with an annual marketing plan. Of course, you want to do things very mindfully and curate what you're doing. But how do you go about thinking about an annual marketing plan? Are there some pieces of advice that you have for people needing to execute that? Yeah, I think it's really important to tie your marketing goals to the goals of the company. I mean, really tie those together. I think, second of all, it's crucial to not spread yourself too thin. I think that we can start a year with multiple goals, some of them lofty. I think trying to just limit them, maybe just to three things that you think you want to focus on. Because I think it's really easy, especially in marketing, to get spread very thin. Marketing can relate to so many different areas of the business. And you can also be pulled in on so many different things that are tangentially related to marketing. And I think that for a marketing team to have three attainable goals, and they have to be very specific goals, I think is really important. And if you reach those goals by the middle of the year, then you can reassess and write three more. Oh my gosh, that's such a good plan. It's like, you can always write more. (laughs) I love this. So funny that you would say this. It's like you're preaching to the choir today because I just came back from my company's strategy sessions for the next year. And our phrase for this next year is ruthless simplification. (laughs) (laughs) And I agree with you. It's so easy to be spread so thin, but it's kind of like I tell people in persona development, when everybody is your audience, nobody is your audience. And you and I know that very well from really crafting really good writing. But I think that is also true from marketing. When you're trying to do everything, you really end up doing nothing. And I think that's such a great piece of advice. Well, you need to know a little bit more about Stephanie. And I'm just going to tell you, you need to connect with her on LinkedIn. Obviously, she's doing a little bit more of learning there too. But it's Stephanie, S-T-E-F-A-N-I-E, cousin, C-O-U-S-I-N-S. So we'll definitely put it in the show notes here. And I'll also link Fluent Research. And you guys have a beautiful blog. I just love the writing. And so fantastic job there. I can completely see the blend of the intellectual rigor and the creativity in your work. And that's such a good fit with what you're doing at Fluent Research. So love having you in this industry and just making it a better place. Stephanie, thank you so much for giving us your time. Thank you so much, Priscilla. From all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.